You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. All right, welcome to another segment of Let's Talk UNRV on KUNV. You with co-host Keith and Tanya. Tanya, how was your weekend? You know, my weekend was pretty good. Pretty good. I, I spent it with friends. I hung out. We had... Um, some people over for dinner, which was nice. And by dinner, I mean pizza. And I remember the place that I went to this time. It was like Bonanos, Bonanos. Uh, and they love. And what do they know? What type? What what type of pizza are they known for? Oh, New York style pizza, which is the only pizza that matters. I just need to put that out there. I'm so sorry, Chicago deep dish folks. <laughs> Chicago deep dish is basically lasagna called pizza. I just need y'all to know that. <laughs> what did you do for your weekend? Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got to, you know, some family came over and we ate lots of unhealthy food and drinks and just enjoyed the game. It was a great game up until that questionable call at the end that robbed us of this thrilling end to the game. Either way, but, you know, both both were my backup team, so I was not committed to either team winning. I just wanted to see a great game, which we got a great game for like uh, up until the last like minute and 45 seconds ish. So, okay. So you're, you're really not going to talk about Riri. Like how could you even mention the game without mentioning Riri? The baby bump or the performance or like her <laughs> serious chill vibe. Like I could do this all day with my belly. Well, I tell you watching her up on that center stage that was floating. That was, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that was impressive. Yeah, I was I was impressed that her waist could move so well <laughs> with a baby bump. I was like, I can't do that without a baby bump. Like, how are you just like rotating yeah, and gyrating? The, the, you know, and that's the thing that's so impressive with the performance, like the synchronization oh, yeah. of all the moves and the dancers across all the different <clears throat> levels of the platforms. And, Beautiful. Yeah. And she would sing and then she would just get right into the rhythm with them. And then she would just phase out and sing. And I mean, it was, it was yeah. impressive. It was it was very impressive. And they say more people tuned in during halftime for her performance than during the game. That would explain why my cable went out and I missed the first 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they overwhelmed my network. Yeah. I had to go back and watch it on YouTube. Yeah, she she did her thing. She did. Yeah. I wish her all the best with the new baby. I know she don't know me personally, but I'm rooting for you, Riri. Well, it seemed like that became most of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, I didn't know she was expecting again. And no. is she expecting? And no, she she's certainly. That like, was her reveal. Yeah. And I saw her in an interview just before that. And I was suspicious because her coat looked kind of big. <laughs> but it is winter. So I was not that suspicious. But yeah, she like that was like, ta-da. Yeah. Shock and awe. Good job. Keep mm-hmm. out your business till they need to know. There you go. Well, anywho, <clears throat> well, I'm excited. We have our guest today. We have Andy Davis with Facilities Management. Um, Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. And we're going to be talking about the University uh, Community Garden. So, Andy, could you, we always ask our guests, the first question is just sort of your origin story in terms of, you know, how you got into this work and into the position that you are in presently at UNIV. You got to be careful because there's a, there's a long story behind it. <laughs> Ooh, I like stories. Let's go. Now, see, if you were in the studio, you see Tanya lighting up right now. 
Um, so I, I started as a student uh, in 2018, and originally I was in the biology program, a biology major, and I didn't have um, many hard classes at the time, so I immersed myself in a bunch of different student-led organizations on campus, and one of the first organizations that I joined as a student was Rebel Roots Garden Club. And uh, participated in that for about a year. Um, and then the previous president of Garden Club was graduating. No one was stepping up. So I took it upon myself to um, assume the role as president of Garden Club just because I really didn't want to see a club that had brought me such joy and stress relief in my first year of college, um, you know, just vanish. And I was doing president of Garden Club for about a year. And then, you know, life as we know it changed drastically and COVID happened. Um, So the garden kind of took a hiatus for two years while, you know, the pandemic was going on, campus was closed. um, And the previous garden manager, her name was uh, Sabina Malik. She actually graduated with her PhD and she was the previous, you know, garden coordinator. Um, So there was a vacancy in the position as well as a vacancy in the garden as a whole. Um, and I was, I, I've been told that I'm extra. And so I was already <laughs> doing way more work than I should have. Um, you know, it started out with, I wanted to make like a newsletter for the garden and, you know, get people talking. Cause, uh, in my first year participating at the community garden, um, I found that there, there wasn't a lot of, um, collaboration or camaraderie. It, you know, I, I didn't mind gardening by myself, but, you know, I wanted to see, something be made of the space there and, you know, really have a community blend together. Um, So in uh, 2022, when campus returned back on campus, or sorry, when people returned back on campus, I got offered the job um, for the garden coordinator position since I was already kind of doing it. (laughs) Um, But now it's great because I get um, paid for it under facilities management. Um, So it all worked out well. And, you know, we're, I'm on my, um, second year now of managing the garden um and it's it's been lovely wow that sounds wonderful so um what i hear you saying is that you were an unofficial member of the dtm club doing the most doing too much (laughs) (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that and that was what sort of drink i'm i'm curious though um why plants like i like what started your love was it the garden club that inspired you did you already have some sort of a, a green thumb situation happening for you before. What is it about gardening that really drew you to it? You know, I, I grew up um, experiencing the outdoors a lot. And so I always, you know, had a love for the outdoors and being outside in nature. Um, and I'm sure my mom would love me saying this story. Um, but the reason I got into plants actually was because one Christmas, I think I was 16, my mom bought me a flower press, which is, you know, a little little device, which is two pieces of wood and, uh, you know, with uh, holes drilled on each of the corners. And if you tighten up the, the planks really tight, you can, you know, preserve flowers in them and, you know, it presses out all the water. Um, so I had just started collecting flowers and, you know, cutting flowers, pressing them, preserving them, hanging them on my walls and, so I got into plants that way, and uh, that slowly morphed into house plants. I was quite the house plant freak. I had like 30 at one time, um, 
And then, you know, I graduated high school and then came to UNLV, which, you know, I've, I've made the most of going to UNLV, but it was not my, my first choice because um, I wanted to study plant science and I wanted to be a botanist. And, you know, there's not really a program for that here. So that's, you know, when I joined um, UNLV, the UNLV family, I was like, well, what are the outdoorsy nature plant groups that I can join? And I joined all of them, Garden Club being one of them. Um, there was like a hiking and camping club, uh, Student Sustainability Council. Um, and that's kind of how I got into gardening. But I didn't even start gardening until I started the community garden. And, you know, I was stuck when you said that when I started as a biology major, the classes weren't difficult or challenging. And so then you join all these groups. Mm-hmm. To pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. You're, you're not an uncharted member. You like you are on the board of the DTM committee. <laughs> Doing oh, the yeah. most. Like, you know, biology. Oh, yeah. nah, that's just, you know, oh, child's play. Walk, yeah. You know, 30 plants. You know, my mind went to poison ivy, but I'm sure that you're not using plants for harming people. But one of my oh, no. <laughs> one of my questions about that, you know, those those that takes a lot of effort and energy. And I noticed. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is to be part of this this garden group. You don't have to necessarily have a green thumb to do it, which mm-hmm. really appeals to me because I I think I've I've cact- harmed a quite a few. Plants. Oh my gosh, I put cactus in danger. Like so, <laughs> so you I know love what, this- me too. It's okay. We all have our strengths and specific plants. Some honestly, like no matter how many times I try growing them or cultivating them, they're just not they're not it for me, and that's okay. <laughs> So share a little bit more about this um, community garden. Is it you said that groups of four can participate? Tell me how that works. Mm-hmm. So um, there are many different ways to participate at the garden. Um, there are 41 raised garden plots, and uh, they can be reserved by you know students, staff, faculty, departments. You know, as long as there are four members, you're from UNLV, you can have a plot. Um, at this point in time, we are not charging folks to rent them. Um, we have been, you know, requiring service hours in, in lieu of, um, you know, charging for beds. Um, but, you know, you could even just be a group of four friends and start a garden plot. Um, we ha- actually have a few groups at the garden that, you know, are just a group of friends and they come up with their own really cool names um, since, you know, they're not a part of an organization or a department. Um but that, that is one way to be involved at the garden. The other way is through the student organization Rebel Roots Garden Club. Um, garden Club has five of those 41 garden beds. You know, So if you don't have three other people to sign up with to rent your own plot, you can join Garden Club. And uh, you know, I, I pride myself on the fact that you, know, you don't have to have any experience at all to join. You don't need to have any resources. Um, you know, we have seeds gloves, tools, all available for use at the community garden. Um, We also offer a multitude of different events that are, you know, open to the public, Um, volunteer days, workshops. Um, So even if if someone did not want to rent a garden plot and plant themselves, but they still wanted to be active at the community garden, um, they could do so. Um, So it's as as crazy as you want to get with the garden. (laughs) So, if you could share with our listeners, where is the community garden located? 
It's kind of hard to describe um, just because, you know, UNLV, all UNLV buildings have one singular address. Um, but we're located kind of in the Annex on campus. If you look it up on Google Maps, it'll pop up that we are the Boys and Girls Club, which is not true. Um, but for, we're right by the Stan Fulton International Gaming Institute building. And we're right next to the Rebel Recycling Center. So, you know, if you're driving down Flamingo right before you hit Claymont, um, we're on that little corner there, you know, by the preschool, the Boys and Girls Club. So whenever I tell people where it is, I, I have to use lots of landmarks because <laughs> it's kind of hard to say where we are otherwise. Now, I know you mentioned that there are 41 garden beds available. <clears throat> Could you talk about mm-hmm. from your experience, like what's been some of the most interesting plants or projects that have been there in your tenure? Um the first thing that came to mind, actually, um, have uh, you or Tanya ever heard of this vegetable called kohlrabi? Hmm. No, no, I can't say that I have. Where does it originate? Ooh, good question. Um, not in grocery stores. I will say that because um, I had never seen it in a grocery store before. Um, we had tried growing it at the community garden um, and it looks almost like a alien vegetable but it's in the brassica family so it's in the same family as like broccoli cabbage um and it oddly tastes like a mix between a parsnip and a cabbage um but i think that that is what popped into my head at the at the first time because there's so much food that you know we just don't know exists because it's you know not found in grocery stores or you know not part of our culture to grow um and i would have never discovered that vegetable had I not, you know, had we not had the seeds available at the garden to plant that, Um, you know, just because there's such a wide array of food that we're just not exposed to on a day-to-day basis. Um, And that's something I'm very grateful for at the community garden. It's definitely, you know, we can expand our, not only our palates, but also, you know, our thinking and our knowledge um, and have experience that we, experiences that we would probably not, you know, have otherwise. Um, also too, uh, I'm really thankful for just the communities that I found and that I've been able to build, um, in, since the start of my position, um, one of the main goals for, you know, bringing the garden back to life after COVID was forming a partnership with the UNLV food pantry. Um, and, you know, so a lot of the food that we grow, if folks garden and, you know, they don't want to take what they produce, we've donated it to the food pantry and, you know, because we've also had so much food to donate that I would also find different places in the community to give food away to. Um, and just that, that sheer fact of like sharing food, sharing knowledge is what has allowed me to meet so many great people that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so it, there's, there's lots of special things about the garden. You know, that, that makes my soul so happy to hear all of that. Like the DTM in me sees the DTM in you. And now I'm like, what can I grow that's exotic and probably way out of my league right now? <laughs> but I, I love Well, it. I will say that we're uh, still accepting plot applications. So okay. if KUND wants a plot, it's oh. open. Hey, there's a whole thought. So um, what's your vision for the future of the community garden? How do you see it evolving or changing or being different? Or, or even re- some parts that are going to remain the same going down the road? Hmm. I think in the future, um, 
I definitely would like to still see engagement, you know, stay constant at the garden. Um, I think we're looking for long-term goals. Like we're trying to get a mural painted on our shed at the community garden. Um, haven't got successful in that endeavor yet, um, but we're slowly adding new and new improvements. Um, we got approved for a shade structure, finally a permanent one, you know, so we can help uh, ease the heat effect at the garden when people decide to visit in the hotter, hotter months. Um, and also I think what I'm starting to see now that I'm really excited for is that there are not just the UNLV garden, but there are so many community gardens that are popping up, you know, all over the city, as well as even, you know, at UNLV, you know, there's talks of building another community garden, um, at the architecture school or the school of architecture, you know, for the landscape architecture students, as well as the architecture ones, um, and I know I applied for a grant um, a few months ago with uh, UNR to try and create another community garden on campus. So I think I'd overall just like to see more people involved with plants and nature because, um, you know, that, that, there's, there's so many benefits to it. Um, but of course, you know, I'd, I'd like to keep the community that we have going um, and just you know, make sure everyone knows about us because I've heard such a common story that, you know, people will go their entire, you know, degree at UNLV and never even know that we have a community garden. Um, so for me, it's just about getting the word out, getting people involved and uh, teaching teaching folks how to garden and that they, they too can grow their own produce. And then what are some of the types of produce that have been grown in the garden? So each um, each season is different, and people love to say that, uh, you know, Las Vegas has four seasons, which I think is false. I feel like there's only two. <laughs> there's only summer and winter. Um, but so right now, we're just on the cusp, actually, of being able to plant um, stuff for spring and summer. Um, but right now, over these past few months for winter, it's been lots of leafy greens, so kale, um, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, lettuce spinach, arugula. Um, and then for more spring and summer, that'll be basil, watermelon, cucumber, squash, tomatoes. Nah, that, that's off the top of my head, but there's, there's so much that we can grow. And, you know, it's funny because most people don't think that you can grow as much as we can because, you know, we're located in a desert. Um, but it's beautiful once you hook up irrigation, um, make sure that plants are watered, that, you know, we, we have quite the temperate climate most of the year. Um, and it, we can grow so many great things. Now, I love kiwi. Is that possible to grow kiwi? That's more of a tropical fruit, I'm afraid. But we do have um, fruit trees of the garden, such as uh, pear, plum, apricot, apples. Um, and also if you've ever had the ability to check out Gilcrease Orchard, it's located up in Centennial Hills and, it, uh, they have a few acres up there with a bunch of fruit trees and, you know, vegetables and all that stuff there, but, um, different types of fruit. <laughs> you know, one fruit that I discovered quite accidentally when we were in Hawaii was sumo oranges. So, mm. and I've seen them in the supermarket, so be lovely if they existed in other places. What are, how do, what do they taste like? They're very sweet and they're sort of weird in that they have a lot of skin and like a lump on the top, but that means that they peel so easily. 
and they don't typically I, have I, I seeds. I argue those are the best oranges. Oh, they That's are. the best orange I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, sumo oranges are amazing. Okay. Okay, I have to try that. I, I love that you're starting what feels like a movement around building these gardens. And I also love the idea um, that these gardens are more than just, you know, food. You know, the way that you describe it, that there are a lot of benefits to being part of this garden to include connections. If you were to tell someone why they should participate in this, what would you say to them? On, for, for me, honestly, it's, it's really just the community of it. Um, being able to participate at the garden in whatever capacity you're able to, you know, just it really shows how interconnected we all are. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's to me, it's more about fellowship and it's not just about planting, but it's about planting love and planting caring and sharing and, you know, just trying to make the places where we live, um, you know, places where we want to live and want to connect with one another, um, especially because we're in such, you know, a small but large city that, you know, I feel like we all know each other in some way and we all have similarities more than we have differences. Um, so to join is just to, I, I guess, be a part of something, something bigger than just, just gardening is what it feels like to me. And then, Andy, what's the time commitment for those who may have an interest in in pursuing this opportunity? So the, the time commitment at the garden, it kind of varies because um, when you, you know, if folks are planting out there, um, typically the most work will happen when you plant because you got to, you know, till the soil, get the bed ready, you know, purchase your plants, spend the time sowing them. Um, but once you have your plants planted, really all that we ask is for folks to come at least, you know, once every two to three weeks just to check on their plants. Because we have irrigation, you know, we don't need to be out there every single day hand watering. Um, so really the time commitment is as, as long as we can tell when you garden that you're weeding and, you know, your, be your garden bed looks great, like that's all that we ask because, um, you know, unfortunately it happens every semester, um, but groups that, you know, will have the best intentions on wanting to participate, um, but cannot make the time requirement, um, you know, to come out once every few weeks and tend to their bed, um, you know, it'll, the garden bed will look like it's not being taken care of. And, you know, that's just, um, if folks can't do that, it's better that, you know, they let us know so we can give it to another group that um, would like to participate because each semester we have, um, or every fall semester, we open the whole garden up for registration. And then in the spring semester, we have just a few vacancies um, for garden beds, but it, you know, it is very competitive. There only are 41 garden beds. Um, so, you know, I guess long-winded answer for just make sure you're weeding and I'm fine. <laughs> So don't don't start a garden if you're not intended to tend to your garden is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And because yeah. then it takes up a space that someone else could potentially use. So exactly. How does someone connect with you? Do they just show up? Do they call you? Do they email? What's the best way to get involved in the community garden? Um, best way to get involved if you have specific questions would be you know to contact me. Um, I'm the one that monitors the garden email, so it's just garden at unlv.edu. Um, in terms of events, if you know people want to come out and check out the garden, I do advertise 
all events on our social media. Um, so we're on both Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, it's at UNLV Garden, and then Facebook is UNLV Community Garden. And we post all events there. Um, and I try to, you know, put up posters and advertise in other places around campus. Um, but as far as any of the events go, um, you know, they're open to any member of the public as well as um, UNLV. So if, you know, folks see an event and they want to come out, they're more than welcome to. Um, there's actually an upcoming event that we have that I'm quite excited about um, on March 3rd. Friday, March 3rd, from 1 to 2.30 p.m., we're having a, a seed extravaganza, as I call it, um, at the Community Garden. We're going to be doing a seed drive and a seed sharing event with uh, the East Las Vegas Seed Share, as well as uh, the Solidarity Community Fridge. And it'll be a way, you know, just for folks to trade seeds if they want, you know, to swap seeds with somebody, grow something that they probably wouldn't have been able to grow before, or as well as also to donate seeds to both the East Las Vegas Seed Library as well as the UNLV Seed Library. And it'll be more just to like get out in the garden, get talking, get connected, and you know bond over seeds. Um, but that'll be March 3rd at the Community Garden, and it's, I'm already very excited for it. It's been a long time coming. And then how can the university help bring your vision to fruition? Definitely visibility. So many uh, folks that do run the Instagram accounts for UNLV, they're, they're great. They always reshare my stuff on social media. Um, but I guess just, just helping people know that we're here and that, you know, we're a resource that both students and staff, you know, and faculty can use, you know, for to benefit their mental health as well as, you know, their own education. Um, and, of course, you know, funding is always great. donations are great well we'll get you out of here on the last word is there anything any question you wish we had asked that we didn't ask or are there any other uh, details or information you would like to share with our listeners Hmm. um no actually i think that you guys covered everything perfectly so thank you wonderful thank you so much for coming on on the show and thank you so much for sharing um This is a great resource, and I agree that it can be very beneficial for your mental health to spend time in nature and to spend time tending to something. So I'm glad that this exists for the students, and I hope more students become aware of it as time goes on. Thank you so much for your time. For more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast, Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Pod.